the Forward Together podcast from Hollywood Trust with Paul Gosling and Jared Dean. Welcome to the Forward Together podcast. As always, this podcast is hosted by myself, Jared Dean, and I'm joined by Paul Gosling. Paul, how's the form? Hi, Jared. So this podcast uh, is produced by Hollywell Trust and it is an examination uh, of a number of main issues facing us here in Northern Ireland, including increasing civic voice, uh, creating a more shared and integrated society, dealing with the past and the constitutional question. So today's conversation is with John McKinney and John is a former chief executive of Oma District Council and the chief executive of the Special EU Programmes Body and he's currently a negotiator on the international stage in places in including Cyprus. So Paul, John starts by talking about the Good Friday Agreement and the effort that was put under the crafting of that document. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and it's clear that you know, we, we, mustn't not, we must not lose uh, the, the, the gains that we achieved there. You know? And obviously he talks from the point of view of someone who now is, is quite intensely involved in peace negotiations around the world. Um, but I was also struck by the fact that uh, he goes on to talk about... Um, we we need to recognise that the Civic Forum was an integral part mm. of the Good Friday Agreement, uh, and yeah, the Civic Forum didn't work. So, what should civic society look like in the future? How do we redesign it so that it does work? Given as his own, his own experiences, he he does say that we could learn from other places that are emerging from conflict as well. That's right. Yes, uh, he says that, uh, and. I asked him about whether we need to learn from past experience in terms of bringing in an international broker, because mm. that seems to have worked in terms of achieving more successful negotiations than, than we're currently seeing. Um, and he was, as I understood what he was saying, he was, well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but but equally, we have to we have to do this ourselves. You know, we yeah. we have to have the strength within ourselves. And you know, he he's saying. We need to, I think he's saying we need to have the resilience within our own society and we need to have the leadership within our own society. We need to have the, the determination to get things sorted out. Okay. Well, let's hear from the interview that you had with John now. John, thanks very much indeed for agreeing to be interviewed. Uh, we'll head straight into it. Uh, how, in your opinion, do we strengthen civil society in ways that enable us to make progress? Well, I think, first of all, we need to roll the time. Let's look backwards. I don't think we have a framework actually to do it. I think we had an opportunity, but that opportunity was missed after a Good Friday Agreement. Uh, we have a civic forum. This starts at the top, civic forum. Uh, that was set up, didn't operate. I think there are many reasons for that. I don't think the will was there by political parties. That's just my own opinion, of course, to make it operate, and I think that was a pity. I think had that operated, then that would have given a framework, and then that would have rolled downwards, and then people in local communities like our own here would have had an, uh, would have created other types of forums that would feed into that. What is missing here? There's there's no place for people to have a voice, and that's been compounded as well by the reorganisation of local government, where you find now that we have eleven rather than twenty six, uh, where people living in away from a centre, as it were, don't have a mechanism to make any comment whatsoever. Obviously, a local authority would disagree with that, but I mean, in reality, that is the situation. And I think as you go around, you'll find people saying that. But again, there's no model to look at. There's no framework where everyone can sort of work within. I think that's a, that was a missed opportunity. And I think what should happen now, whenever 
when talks hopefully will get up and going again and we have an operating assembly, then I think that's a good opportunity to look at the Civic Forum again and to see just how that then can be rolled down. Because if people don't have somewhere to have a voice, if people don't have somewhere where we can dialogue and have a dialogue, if people don't have a place for engagement, then we're never going to go anywhere. And I think had we had this type of situation, then I think it would have been different. Do you think the Civic Forum is the right structure? Well, it's a structure. I mean, it, it was part, there's nothing magical about the Civic Forum. Go to any country after conflict, and I, I've, been, I've been to many, work in many of them. You go to any country after conflict, and you need this type of structure, and there's many different types of model. But you do need, you need, you need a, a Civic Forum, so let's try it. Let's have a debate about what the Civic Forum should look like. Every time we talk about citizen engagement here in Northern Ireland, it's always, you know, always afterwards. Consultation comes after something has been decided. It's wrong way around. I need to be careful with my words here, but it's the wrong way around. I mean, we should have some input, and citizens should have some input about making decisions and how we made. I mean, some of the countries coming out of conflict would put us in a shade in the year 2019, and that's a fact. Which ones are you thinking of in particular? Well, I'm thinking Eastern Europe, and I'm thinking people like Cyprus, and you know, uh, they're not united yet, but they're, they're working at it. But I mean, they're talking, they have, they have dialogue forums involving a hundred, a uh, hundred different types of organisations, uh, economic types of organisations, uh, women's groups, everyone, but they're all within a framework, and that's what I like about it. And we give advice, and they give and working from both sides, and then we give advice to people who are negotiating about what what it will look like afterwards. And I think that's the important thing. I don't think ever we thought about what's it going to look like after a Good Friday Agreement. And I think again that was and it's a different situation. We had a lot of trouble. I understand that. And we had to move on, and obviously it was a, and it was a solution at the time, a good one. And how do you think we can achieve a genuinely shared and integrated society? Well, I think, I think first of all, the people like yourselves looking at it, the other people looking at it, the community relations looking at it. But I don't think it's a wide enough debate, to be honest with you, at this point in time. I think it needs to be a wider debate. And we should be looking at now, what is this shared society going to be like when the Assembly, hopefully, and I'm hopeful and optimistic, it will be up again. But we should be having this debate now about how it's going to look like. You walk up any main street, uh, Stravan, Oma, Cookstown, you, you ask them, they're just fed up. They're fed up to their teeth with politics. We don't see how we can engage. We don't see how we can have any, any action or any sort of support. And what mechanisms can you see that will move us forward in terms of that, creating a, sh a, a more shared outlook? Well, I think, first of all, like most things in life, it's about leadership. And there's a complete lack of leadership now. I'm not pointing the finger at any political party. It's just a complete lack of leadership. And if a leader, and we have a great opportunity with two parties, one from each side of the divide, working together. And if both of them could come together and give some sort of leadership about this new horizon that we're going into, Muslim law involves civic society, we want to set up some sort of mechanisms for doing that and use people like yourselves and the community relations to look at what that mechanism should be. I think that's where we have to start and the sooner rather and better. And you've referred to examples elsewhere in other countries. Have they benefited from external 
brokers to bring groups together? No, that's a very interesting point, yes. And a little, but not as much as people would think. People would think that they had all this wonderful idea by bringing in someone. They might have, they might have maybe a key mentor, as it were, maybe from South Africa or someone from the USA or someone from Northern Ireland. Um, at this point in time, people from Northern Ireland are helping as well. So, I mean, that's, yes, it would, but not, it's, it's a very good question because what you, what you do when you start, we're getting buy-in. We're getting local buy-in where people see that they want to get involved. And then they can see that what, what's the benefit of getting involved. And as the organizations that are doing this, or the quasi-public sector bodies doing it, as they start to give out more information about where we're moving and how things are moving, people can get more confidence. But here, here's an opportunity, you know, maybe we can get involved and get more serious about it. But is that the difference between the, the stalemate we've got today with the progress compared to the progress made in the past, that we haven't got someone from outside sitting as a neutral broker bringing different groups together? Well, I think, you know, in, in a society like Northern Ireland, which is uh, a well-developed society, I think, I don't think we re really need to do that. But I'm not saying let's not do it. Let's look, first of all, to higher level of politics, maybe to get the assembly up and going again. I think there is perhaps a need for some brokering at that particular point, and I think that would help. But all flowing from, uh, flowing from that then, maybe society will then start to believe we don't believe in the moment. We don't believe, well, that's just my humble opinion. I don't think we believe it. We're going to have an influence. We don't believe it. it's going to work the way we thought it would work 20 years ago because it hasn't worked in that particular way. And yes, I would say it's at some levels to bring in for someone for doing But at, at community development level in, in Northern Ireland here, which is strong and has good leaders in the past, I don't, I don't think we need to do that. What we need to have a vision at the top, we need to have support for that vision, we need faith in that vision, and we need to feel as if we're being wanted to be part of that. Is there an implication from what you're saying about, you know, first get the assembly running, that actually we shouldn't ensure, we shouldn't be, be dependent on getting the executive in place in order to have the assembly working anyway and meeting anyway? No, well, I always thought that was something that should have happened, you know. And then uh, when you talk to people about that, people have all the arguments, well, well what's the point now? It just becomes a talking shop. But there's nothing wrong with talking if the talking is directed in the right sense. And if people are talking with, a, with an idea where that's going to take them. Unfortunately, talking for talking's sake, as we all know, is just a waste of time. But no, I, I, think, I think there are perhaps intermediate steps that could be taken as a move towards that. Now, one of the problems, obviously, is that we have these really difficult conversations that we have to have, one of which is about the past. So how do you think we, sh we should have that conversation about the past in ways that don't inflame the present? And, and to what extent does reconciliation play a role within that? Well, I think obviously reconciliation plays a major role. Whatever we do in the past, and this is how I feel about it at the moment, it has to be seen to be fair across all I can see how people now are concerned when they see perhaps inquiries going on on one side and going on on the other. And we, we've had our own troubles here in Ova, and obviously everyone wants justice. How are we going to get to that justice? Well, I think if I knew that or if you knew that, it, it, would, be a, it would be a miracle. It's just going to be very difficult.
you have one side of the spectrum say draw a line in the sand and then you have the other side that says let's have all these inquiries now i find that i'm not prepared to say you know how that'll go because i don't know i think if i knew that i would tell someone but i don't it's a very difficult question so you're, you're saying we've got uh, polarization as, as ever and the polarization is about the fact that you've got one community demanding inquiries uh, mm-hmm. and you've got another community wanting to shut the door behind things yeah and again again and we do we do have attempts has been made and some good attempts have been made to get the people who the people who have suffered together as well and i think they have to be engaged just the same as i'm saying to you that we as citizens need to be engaged in just in the overall politics i think they need to be engaged as well uh, i don't think they felt that they were engaged um maybe to the extent that they expected and i think maybe that might be something that we look at how we could maybe engage you know uh, relatives of, of both sides together and get some common approach there and to what extent should that also involve um, counseling and uh, therapeutic support to people as they go through that process well I think there is support there I mean I can't I mean I'm not involved across all Northern Ireland but there is there is support there now again whether or not that support is coordinated is, is another good question and whether it's con- coordinated for a particular reason if the coordination was for moving forward and getting a common approach how we deal with that that might be something we could, you know could be looked at and also whether it's sufficiently resourced well i think the sourcing has been a, an issue here for all these groups and resourcing has been an issue for organizations that are willing and open to let people come together to have dialogue there is no there is no structure of funding that allows that to happen it's all project based a short project to do something a shallow short project to do that and you might have projects going on, but there's no overall, there's no, there's no overall sort of vision as to how, it's, how it can be done. And the way that is funded, the way that whole sector is funded, is another area that needs to be looked at very seriously. Engaging the people who are actually at the coalface and doing it. Now, the other really big challenge in terms of conversations is how we have the constitutional discussion. And how do you think we can do that in ways that don't upset too many people in too bad a way? Well... I think you are going to upset people. I mean, I think that's it's not possible to have it without just accepting someone. But I think your question is how can we how we can make some progress on that? In a way, and indeed, at this point in time, I think it's I think it's like a spectrum. And I think you know that you don't want to crowd one thing with another. At this point in time, I think the focus should be on let's have our, our self government here and we get it going. And let that self-government be supported, and I mean well-supported and, and well-resourced by, by citizens in the civil society, because of that. And then I think people can have that dialogue, and then that can become that can become a mechanism for moving forward. I think to to just jump it in now to that, I think is difficult and dangerous. And in a sense, perhaps what we need to do is to persuade the the majority political groupings that to have a functioning Northern Ireland, a successful Northern Ireland, is a good place to start, whether either you want a United Ireland yeah. or a more successful United Kingdom yeah, well, as an outcome. Yeah, well, I, I think if you don't have a functioning assembly and, uh, and a government here, I mean, I think having that debate 
it's a, it's a bit of a waste of time because you're not really in a solid place where you know and you know you're comfortable and, and I think we have to get government back up again where people are comfor comfortable we as I said earlier I suppose in some ways we have uh, two large blocks but they cover both sides of the community and if they can get together and have some common approach to most of these things and give leadership to that whole then I think we, we, we have a chance and yeah I think you're right I think if we can get our own up and going then I think that's the place then to start talking about what's the future here what sort of constitutional you know to discuss the constitutional issues and to come up with some way forward and if there was just one thing you could do that would enable us to to make progress towards you know a, a, a peaceful ongoing settlement what would it be well to get the, the ongoing settlement again as I said at the very beginning I think a good Friday agreement set out very clearly it, it a lot of work went in, into that and there's a lot of talk about the Good Friday Agreement, all, but it's well worth reading. I think everyone should take it down and have a read at it. Because if you read it, you'll see it, it, it was very well drafted. It set out a lot of things that should happen. Uh, they haven't all happened. And if you look at some of the things that haven't happened, are the things that's causing us trouble now. And also, I suppose, mistakes were obviously made because of the pressure, the pressure of trouble, the situation we were living in at that point in time, that we didn't really look into how the whole legacy issue would have been dealt with at that time. Now, and I think, uh, and I think that's, that's, that's a mistake. But uh, what I see happening in some other countries, we're, we're talking about the legacy issues now before we have a unification. I think that's good. Uh, we're talking with both sides of the divide about the legacy issues. And I think that'll mean that when they do eventually come together to have some sort of agreement, and it'll not keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And when you say everyone should read the Good Friday Agreement, there's obviously been criticism that UK government ministers uh, haven't been reading it and haven't altogether understood it. Is, is that what you're pl implying in particular? Well, uh, it'd be very easy to imply that uh, in, recent, uh, in recent situation, I think, is absolute disgrace. You know, anyone who considered to have any role or influence in Northern Ireland um, don't even know exactly what's in it and don't really understand the culture in Northern Ireland and making no attempt to understand it. Okay, Paul, just before the interview there, you were touching on leadership, mm. and John was saying there really is a lack of that here. Isn't this one of the themes yeah. of these conversations? It that, really is. Yeah, that pretty well almost everyone says we're, we're crying out for leadership, we need leadership. Mm. And the other thing that John is saying is we need dialogue. And I think, you know, that the implication is that we need to have respect, we need to have honesty, we need to have truth. But we do need, you know, inspiration anyway. You know, we need to have people that are willing to take risks that lead us into a better place. OK, well, that's it for this episode. Um, keep an eye out for future episodes from wherever you get your podcast app or through hollywelltrust.com or sluggerotool.com. Um, thanks to John for taking the time to meet with us and to our production team of Dee Kern, Emer Doherty and Jaglyn McKay. So keep an eye out for future episodes and thanks for listening. Community Relations Council for Northern Ireland supports this podcast through its media grant scheme and core funding programme.